Welcome to Balance Boldly, the podcast where we get bold about our balance and campaign to shake the shame that stunts our growth. I'm your host, Nikita Bigpin, Balance and Relationship Advisor for Bold Women in Business and a few brave men. Listen, people, you guys know how animated I am, how excited I get when I can bring you phenomenal industry experts and featured guests who just have all these various awesome, amazing, incredible backgrounds. And we don't talk necessarily the the traditional shop of like, hey, what are your top five tips for this? We really go in and have a conversation that you can't find on Google about them. They share their journey. They share their transformation. They open up the books a little bit and say, hey, I'm human too. You know, on paper, this is an amazing pedigree and I worked really, really hard to do it. However, I still have this other thing called life happening in the background, which beyond any of my achievements still matters to me. And it's still really important that I'm free from shame, free from guilt, free from worry. And I understand my worth in every single area of my life. I love to have these conversations. And sometimes we have the opportunity and the honor to have guests that are just completely out there breaking boxes. You know, I say, forget about thinking outside the box, break the daggone box. Let's just break it and go in. And today's one of those days. This morning, and I will give you a little hint, this is Women's History Month, so we are recording this in March. It is releasing in March because I have moved everything out the way to make sure we do it. We're on the hills of International Women's Day when we're recording this right now, and we are bringing you a phenomenal, spell it out, people, a phenomenal guest. I am with Lisa Gillerman Gable today, and she is incredible. I don't do a lot of bio reads. You know, I usually just drop a sentence and keep it moving, but I have to go in with you on this one. Lisa Gable has served for four U.S. presidents and two governors, counseled Fortune 500 CEOs, and represented global public-private partnerships and nonprofits with an end goal of moving organizations to higher levels of performance. Bipartisan in nature, she's brought together political parties, corporate competitors, and disparate nations to foster quality leadership, underline that, diplomacy, and results that better society and create sustainable partnerships and profitable business models. Credited by McKinsey as displaying impressive understanding about how to align incentives and deliver concrete change, which you all know is a key core habit for me, inviting change and being able to align with that is beyond phenomenal. Lisa Gable, welcome to Balance Boldly Podcast. How are you this morning? I am doing wonderfully and I really appreciate being invited this morning. Thank you so much. You know, I am super excited. Our mutual friend, Bobby Fodish, who's incredible and amazing in all her ways, connected us uh, quite a few weeks ago. And I super appreciated that for all the reasons that she did it, but especially because I was able to rope you in and get you on the podcast. <laughs> well, I am happy about that too. Bobby is an amazing person and I've just enjoyed meeting the phenomenal women Uh, who are really motivated to do different things through all the introductions that Bobby has made. Yeah, Bobby's incredible, as are you. You know, like people attract like people, right? Like aligned minds, that's what happens in the world. So I would love everyone to get a, a better understanding as they listen in on our little kind of virtual kitchen conversation today of who is Lisa Gable and how in the world are you able to 
go into all of these different places and spaces that you do, bringing the change that they ask for to the table. Like, I am so interested in just you as a person completely. Well, I appreciate it. I was very fortunate that my parents were always incredibly supportive of of my my desire to change things. And it started when I was in high school. I uh, didn't make the cheerleading team I wanted to make. So I went and started my own and then competed against the other cheerleaders and won the prize. Uh, And so, you know, my parents always let us run as fast as we can. They provided us the support system that we needed. Both my sister and I graduated from high school at a very young age. And my parents helped us uh, get those initial internships. And then the the goal was that I would get my own internships after that, which resulted in my serving in the Reagan administration at the age of 19. And uh, what I learned in the process is that I could do multiple things at the same time, but I always had to have very specific goals for Mm -hmm. each activity in which I was involved. And by setting those goals, and looking at the opportunities to implement them was really the thing that set me forward for the rest of my life. Yeah, that's incredible. And I, uh, you know, a lot of people talk about goals all the time and what it means to set them, but then we have the disparity of you, you set a goal, life threw you some kind of curveball, it took you off. And then for some people, it's hard to reset themselves to be okay with the fact that, all right, the goal just moved a little bit further down the line, but it still should be there. Is that something that you've had to deal with either personally or um, as you're, you know, revamping a lot of these companies that you go in as interim CEO and kind of help redo and get together? Absolutely. You know, I give a speech called Zigzagging to the Top. And recently, in fact, I gave the speech on Monday to a group of women delegates who came into Washington from around the world, each of whom were entrepreneurs and elected officials, each of whom were facing their own challenges. And one of the quotes I gave them was from Lean In by Sheryl Sandberg, the CEO of Facebook. And I thought it was fascinating. What she said is that we think about our lives as a career ladder, but the reality is it's a jungle gym. And you really have to go from the swings to the ropes to climbing the the mountains to going through the tunnels. And it's as you go through each of those obstacles and you're looking for opportunities to be successful, despite the obstacles put in your way, that's what creates a change agent. That's what creates someone who is able to step up, step back, step down, but keep moving forward. And so with my, my personal life, I think as you're aware, uh, I was on that career ladder. I was moving forward. I was in the Reagan White House and Defense Department at a very young age. 24, I was working for a man who had become the CEO and chairman of the board of a Fortune 500 company. I then started my own company. And in the middle of all of this, Uh, At the age of 32, my husband actually got a very rare disease, Mm -hmm. and I had to align my desire to have challenges in life and to have success in life with having to also modify my goals in order to take care of things that were related to his illness. He and I were entrepreneurs in Silicon Valley, and we both ended up having very successful startups. In fact, he was able to sell his in the middle of going through seven operations. Mm. But the two of us learned that it's really surrounding yourself with good people, it's staying on target, and it's being highly flexible that allowed us to succeed. 
That's phenomenal. First, let me step back for a second and congratulate you without overlooking the fact that you guys had to deal with such a tumultuous time, because that's scary for for anybody, regardless of whatever kind of business endeavors you might have, you know, hanging in the air at the time. But also because you were a young couple who were really dealing with something that a lot of families can't get through, which is a, a challenge. Um, and the fact that you were both able to swing through that. And I know he's still swinging because he was your tech guy this morning. So Absolutely. Was he was my tech guy at all times. <laughs> Which I think is phenomenal. I, you know, I have to ask you with some of the ebbs and flows that you did around just, you know, moving through startup phases and creating entrepreneur um, endeavors and being an investor in the many different kind of layers you have, did you have to deal with anything yourself around deciding that parts of you, your kind of, um, your abilities, your strengths, your superpowers, I was looking for the word, was not just in starting up your own company. Like I love how you said as a cheerleader, you were like, oh, I can't be on the cheerleading team. I'm gonna start my own. So that's clearly your entrepreneurial spirit, right? Like, oh, just start my own and I'm gonna go, go compete with you. But then you also did that in business and then you also do it for other companies. And there are some entrepreneurs that are out there that have these very rigid definitions of what an entrepreneurial woman or entrepreneurial man is because they think it's only starting a business, growing a business, and maybe selling a business and starting a new one, they don't necessarily see that you can use those gifts that you have and all that ability to align incentives and see change, embrace it and help people move through it and move through their goals and do that in the companies that are existing. Cause some of them feel like, well, that's not, that's not being an entrepreneur because you're now working for another company and they don't see the alignment. And you know, from previous conversations, I completely see the alignment, but I'm curious as to how you dealt with that with yourself and then also if you ever have to explain yourself to anyone around that you know as I think you're aware every situation I've walked into is one where we have to change an existing process or an existing model Mm -hmm. so when I was in Silicon Valley I was focused on helping companies move from a business to business marketplace to business to consumer it was in the 90s a lot of the big companies like Intel Corporation were just starting to advertise to consumers and that was a big change because it not only affected the marketing teams but it affected channel marketing it affected legal affected HR. They had to go off and be able to uh, get people from different backgrounds to join the company. And so being part of that process in Silicon Valley throughout the early 90s and into the late 90s, it was exciting, but it's also challenging, as you pointed out. Mm -hmm. And what you really have to do is is spend the necessary time to understand what's most important to your client. And even when I've gone into turnaround situations with public-private partnerships or helped uh, CEOs who had a philanthropic interest, it's digging in and hearing them articulate what's most important to them and then framing all of the changes that you're making within that context. And if you can do that and you can systematically use process to show how you're going to make changes and adjustments, but how you're going to keep that kernel of what it is that they feel is most important to how they want to see their business grow, their corporate culture, 
uh, how they want to treat their employees and their customers, then you really open the door for change. But if you ignore it and you go in and just start roughshodding and making systematic changes to an organization, it's not going to work. So my goal is do the homework first, get inside the head of the person that I'm working for and understand how they want to be seen as successful in our endeavor together. That's amazing. And I would say that all of those skills transfer in both places because you, when you're not doing it with a, a corporate client per se, you're doing that with your, your customer and the clients that you work with. If you're you know, doing a more quote unquote traditional entrepreneurial endeavor, you have to get in the head of your ideal client, your avatar, you know, that, that one model that you're working with to make sure that you serve them well. And I feel like a lot of the women that I know that are listening to this podcast, most of them are entrepreneurial women. And what that means is that for me is that they are risk takers that don't want to be reckless. And they see the freedom that's on the other side of the fear that might exist for them right now in every area of their life, personally, professionally, leadership, you know, obviously business and financial investments as well. And that can be something that's really powerful for them. And it doesn't have to limit them to just seeing themselves as one type of change agent. You were able to take your gift as a change agent and move it through Silicon Valley, as well as through the Fortune 500 plus areas and you know government areas that you had to work on, which I think is pretty phenomenal. So I'm, you know, one of the things you and I were talking about kind of pre-show was you come from a really different angle, Lisa, of change than many of the conversations that I've had to have with other people. Typically, I'm constantly telling people like, hey, invite change to the table. Let's embrace it. It's the only constant in the world. Let's move. But you're on the other end because you're coming in with that change to your point about, you know, not just coming in um, all willy nilly and just making all these declarations. But you still have people who will receive you as bringing something that's disruptive, which you and I know the term can be powerful and helpful. And they have said, hey, I want this change. I, I want our, I don't know, I'm just gonna make it up, our sales force to grow, our bottom line to grow. I, I want our communities to embrace us differently if it's on the, the kind of nonprofit side of things. I want this, but then because of the inconsistency that they've seen in-house way before your arrival, whatever the change of guard was way before your arrival, you have a lot of people who are looking at you like, hmm, what, you know, is she really going to be consistent? Is she really, is she going to do what the other people did? So you kind of have predecessors that you're not related to that have set the tone for you. And you're kind of breaking down those barriers as well as trying to build relationships simultaneously in those new places. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And, you know, one thing I go back to, and I, I was fortunate to have my first business experience at Intel Corporation, which is known for its management by objectives. Mm -hmm. And so what I try to do is base everything on process. Everything is a quantitative goal. There's a qualitative element to it. But we have to keep leaving a deliverable at every step of our way. And I think by doing that, by continuing to have this systemic, systematic building process where you're always leaving deliverable because a deliverable shows your impact on the world around you, whether it's in the philanthropic space or the business space, uh -huh. it allows people to see that we can move our way through this and that we can actually be successful. I think when 
people wait too long to have that moment of success that everyone can feel confident about, it's a mistake. And so you have to break it down and you have to go piece by piece and move the variables off the table that are going to impact you. The second thing is that you really have to create a wonderful team around yourself. And there are other people within the organization who will embrace the change. They've been dying for the change. They've wanted the change to happen. And they're going to love you. And they're going to think you're wonderful and amazing. But those aren't the people you spend your time with. Mm-hmm. What you spend your time with is you're a roving ambassador. And you are taking the personal time required to sit down with every single person that has a concern, maybe somebody who's feeling uncomfortable, listen to them, really listen to them, give them back the information that they told you, show them how you're going to incorporate their concern into whatever step you're going to take. And what you'll find out is that person may may seem to not budge for a period of time, but eventually they will be your biggest advocate. And so I've been very fortunate. I did a project at the State Department where I had so much resistance because the people who had gone before me through multiple administrations, Democrats and Republicans, had just bulled their way through. Mm. And I spent time one-on-one with each of the Foreign Service officers asking them what went wrong, why they were uncomfortable. I would call them back in the evening and say, we did this today. How do you feel about it? And those individuals all ended up being references for me in my next job. Wow. That's, wow. That's powerful on multiple levels. I mean, you went in with a strategic plan to your point, like not just going in all willy-nilly, and you were able to make immense change and lifelong relationships, I'm assuming, Um, from that process. So I have to ask you on the other side. So there's the the interpersonal skill level that comes with all of this. You have clearly been um, at the top of your game as a high achieving woman. And you know, there's a, if you've been listening to the podcast, you know, I talk about the high achievers consequence, you know, sometimes we are so perfectionistic that we get paralyzed in that. And there's, you know, lots of pluses to the fact that we can get things done, but then there's not so good, you know, negatives on the other side of that. But one of those challenges is, Typically, to your point and your example that you just used, the people who are saying, oh, Lisa, you're amazing, Nikita, you're incredible, those, they're great and you appreciate them, but those are not the people that you actually need to spend your time with, where sometimes it's the comfortable space we want to be in when you're getting so much negative um, energy or toxicity coming at you when you're walking through the doors. You know, like no one wants to be booed when you walk through a door, right? <laughs> you know? <laughs> Absolutely. Not a good thing. Right. And, you know, feeling that kind of energy can feel like that sometimes, like you're on stage, you're on under a spotlight of some, who's the new girl, who's the new lady, what's she going to do? But, you know, there's some personal things that you have to do to kind of guard yourself up. So when you go home at night, you're not taking the, any toxic energy that might've been left over or tried to stick to you like glue back to your home environment or, you know, on your drive home when you're trying to just kind of debrief and ground yourself. So what do you do to kind of get yourself together to be like, all right, Lisa, you know, you're going in here with a plan. You're about these people's outcome. You want them to have the the greatest success ever. And with that, you need to be guarded that there are just some negative Nancy's out there and negative Nicholas's that you're you're going to have to face. Um, What do you do to kind of guard yourself up and be prepared to, to handle that? 
you know, going back to my parents, my parents uh, had leadership roles, but they were very accepting people. And we used to have conversations in our family about individuals that we met who were difficult or were challenging and how you had to really understand where they were coming from and what was causing them to be difficult. And that created a level of empathy that I think I've been able to uh, take from learnings from my mom and dad and employ in every aspect of my work. What I drive home, and it's interesting you should say this because uh, I had a very long commute in both uh, California and also in Virginia, and I go through, I need my commute. It's almost like doing a Rubik's Cube. I sit there and mentally move all the blocks around until I can get everything to be the same color. And I actually leave messages for myself on my voicemail when I have my epiphanies when I'm driving uh, (laughs) because it allows me to just sort through all the different elements of what happened during a day, try to figure out how I'm going to solve the problem. How do I get rid of the variables and keep the constants that are going to allow us to have those specific deliverables, but also allow me to really ponder the facial expressions and the reactions of people in the room who may not necessarily have been on my side. Mm. And, um, and, and again, going back to what I said before, what I'll do is sometimes send an email and say, hey, just wanted to let you know, I spent some time on my drive home thinking about what you said, and you're right. There are these two things we really need to focus on, and I appreciate your letting me know. Let's talk about it tomorrow. And what that does is it allows you to go to bed at night without leaving any open elements and, and having that process of any negativity as you're putting your head on that pillow, but also by the time you you walk back in the door the next day, that person's gotten your email, you've acknowledged their concerns, you've gone through your Rubik's Cube, and you figured out how do we have to f- change our dynamic in order to move forward, and you're ready. I love that. That is such a good prevention recipe. And it's not just prevention from what you might walk into the next day and making sure that you're not going to walk into it an exploding bubble of sorts. It's also preventing you from having chronic stress or stress-induced illnesses that could come because of the type of work that you're dealing where you're constantly like walking in with a, a briefcase of sorts full of tools and tactics and techniques that not everyone is necessarily ready. And you're kind of working you know, to a deadline with a goal in mind to make sure you can move the envelope, but you're also working with the individuals that are within there and kind of working at their pace at the same time. That's incredible. So you have a a lot on your plate, doing amazing things as most high achieving women are. And with that said, you know, I have to ask you, you know, how do you unapologetically pause? I'm a big reader. I, I read before I go to bed at night. I read when I'm sitting down in a restaurant. It lets me mentally escape because I'm one of these people that has a, a great imagination about the book that I'm reading. Yeah. I also have my dog and we go for really long walks. And mm-hmm. uh, and people can tell what I am stressed because I'll wake up early and I'll take the dog for an incredibly long walk. She's very happy. But it's, <laughs> it's walking in the fields. It's walking in a park. It's walking with a dog and just having that mental time to sort through everything. Yeah. That's, that's what I do. And uh, between the reading and the walking, those are the two things that help me even out. That's awesome. Um, and I'm a big reader too. I use the hashtag. It's not a branded thing by any means, but when I'm being playful, I'll say nerd life on everything. Like I'm such a nerd and I love, I love reading. It's, 
it's soothing and it can take me out of my own head. And to your point on your voicemails <laughs> that you leave yourself, sometimes you just need to brain dump to get the stuff out of there and get out of your own head. And reading does that for me. So I totally agree with that. So how can people reach you, Lisa, when it's time to, for, for them to connect and they want to find out more, or they need your help for something, where do they go? Uh, just go to my website, with, which is lisagable.com. That's awesome. Lisa, you've been such a treasure. I am so grateful and honored that in the midst of all that I know that you have going on today, you were able to carve out some time for our Balanced Boldly listeners. These bold women and brave men are craving this type of conversation, and I'm so grateful that we were able to come together and give it to them. So I really do appreciate you. Well, I appreciate being invited. This is a fantastic and upbeat way to start my day. And you give me a lot of energy to go out and do what I have to do. So thank you very much for inviting me. Thank you. I love you so much. Okay, don't go anywhere, Lisa. You stay right there. Um, you've been amazing and I super appreciate you. Balance Boldly listeners, can we just take a pause for a second and say, whoa, like, whoa, that was so incredible and so amazing. I have to thank Lisa again for just taking a moment out of her day. And I thank you as well, listeners, for allowing us both to plant positive seeds in your life, your relationships, and your business. Of course, as always, if you like what you hear, make sure you subscribe, rate, and share this podcast to help us ensure that the other entrepreneurial, bold women and brave men have access to these valuable balance tools. You know your balance is simply your truth over your boundaries. And we want to make sure everyone is able to walk in their truth, shaking the shame that might have been stunting their growth. I'd like to sign off as always with a little gentle honesty from our beautiful featured guest, Lisa Gable. And one of the takes, she gave so many takeaways, right? Like it's, it's often hard to, to grab just one, but there's usually something that just sticks above the others. And my kind of reframing of what she said was at the very beginning, it's okay if you don't get accepted in something, start your own and then use it to up-level yourself and compete again. When Lisa talked about the cheerleading um, story when she was younger, okay, I didn't get accepted as a cheerleader for whatever that team had gone on. So I started my own, I competed and our team won against theirs. That is just like such a phenomenal takeaway for your life, for your leadership, for your business, and any relationship that you have. It's okay if you don't get accepted in one space. Be prepared to take all of the, the skills and the gifts and the talents that you have and create your own lane. It's really that simple. Of course, if you guys are not already a member, come on over and join our community of investors who have decided to seed into themselves and balance boldly at the Dreamers Blueprint. I am so excited that we have opened the doors to the Dreamers Blueprint. The Insiders Academy is level one and the B3 Building Business with Balance Accelerator is level two. And it is amazing. And the reception has been incredible. So make sure you guys come on over and join at whichever lane makes the most sense for you as an insider or accelerate and become an insider as well simultaneously. All right, guys, until the next time, I will see you on the other side of the moon. Make sure that you enjoy the balance of your day and do it boldly.